SMS SAFM now on 41391. The viewpoint 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. On SAFM. I needed to read that good pick-me-up there. Listen to this. Yeah, Mr. Mabegka in the building. Long live, Mr. Mabegka. Thank you so much to that listener. Clearly quite an avid fan of the show, more than a fan of Songhezo, for just doing all the right things at the right time, giving me the sense of, yeah, man, I can do this. Mr. King Sibiya, good evening, sir. Thank you so much for your time. Good evening, Songhezo. And thank you for inviting me in your show. Thank you for accepting the invitation. That's always more important. We can invite anybody. Not many people want to come here, more especially to talk about issues that touch serious nerves, Travis on human dignity, Travis on on basic and fundamental ethics about life and law, the repossession of a house and the implication that has for so many people. That's one thing quite another to sell a home that has been repossessed for a hundred rand surely that cannot be right so let's have a conversation please about what is going on with this application that is now before the Gauteng High Court who's making the application what do they represent what is the basis of their grievance and what is the Human Rights Foundation Ilungeloletu saying in all of this how are they affected as a party yeah, well, firstly, uh, I want to say to you, thank you, as I said, thank you for the opportunity uh, to t- discuss about this case, because you remember this case is one of the major big cases in South Africa, because where six major banks were taken in court at one time. I think it basically is that, Guti, uh, just briefly that, Guti, I was involved in the civic movement uh, around these issues of housing. So I have... Uh, a very, you know, huge information in relation to housing, which is a fed. But currently now, what is happening, why we take this uh, campaign as a luminal to? Because we felt, you know, these actions, this done by four major banks, for us is brutal and abusive. You know, uh, but that's the first point that I, I want to do, because I believe that this is for the first time it will be Goliath versus uh, David versus Goliath. I think you are aware because you are fighting a big fish here, uh, and especially for 60 billion. And then in, and imagine, I think banks are not just to render, they are going to really fight. But our research uh, in 2016 indicates that because we had to look at how big is the problem when it comes to repossession of property because so that we are informed what is happening. So we have done a research joint with that last show uh, in 2016, that research reflects to us with the issues of repossession of property in South Africa. In fact, no country does the repossession of property like South Africa does. So our system of selling sushi, you know, it, it, it's brutal and abusive. So therefore, in 2017, we had to approach the rules board of court of law court of Republic of South Africa where the laws of this country are amended from the lower court to the SCA, Supreme Court of Appeal, you know, raise this issue of saying, uh, after we found out that there are property that was sold for 10 rents, 50 rents, and 100 rents. I mean, logically, why, I mean, how do you lose your house for 10 rents? Because you can, even if you don't have 10 rents, you can go next door and they borrow your 10 rents to save the house. So there's no logic behind that. So 
that clearly. So that research informs us about how big is a problem and secondly, what is the really problem. So therefore, in 2017, we had to request for amendment of the law. So in 2017, on the 22nd of December, the president enacted a gazette that says no house will be sold without a reserve price. Without a? In other words, it means no house will be sold without a market value. Yes. For instance, for argument's sake, for instance, uh, uh, my balance of, 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 of a bond, I've, I've, I've been having my bond for 15 years. So I'm remaining with five years to complete my bond. Then I have financial constraints, you know, etc. Mm. By then, maybe my balance, you know, it will be up to 100,000 or less than that. Mm. So therefore, the banks now, when it takes me to court, they don't want the areas anymore. They want the full balance. You get my point. Mm. So we fail to pay the areas because we have a financial constraint. So how then are you going to manage to pay the, the entire balance? So in other words, indirect, they are taking your house indirect. You know, this is what we call it injustice, injustice. It means there is injustice within the justice system. Mm. Our justice system today, it's about those who have. Those who don't have, they will never see justice because they don't have money. So now I'm not surprised when everybody's surprised when I'm taking the banks to court because people assume that who I am taking the major banks to court. I don't think that is an issue. An issue is about the compliance. You know, in this country there are rules and, and, and regulations. There are constitutions that govern us. So nobody is untouchable in this country. So as long as you apply the correct approach. So therefore, the, the law was amended now. There's a Rule 46A now, which means no property can be sold without the reserve price. So in our, in our sight, as you look at it's a great victory. Which because law is that, in terms of which act? In terms of Rule 46A. Of which act? Rule 46A. Oh, rules, in, uh, rules of court. Okay, fair rule, enough. Rule 46A. Yeah. Uh, it's been amended. It used to be Rule 46A. Now it is Rule 46A because there's a new amendment that says no property now can be sold without a market price. You know, now it means now if I'm owing the bank, uh, 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 for instance, uh, 100,000, my market value of the property is 500,000. Let it the house be sold on 500,000. Then the bank let it take this 100,000 and then I take my 400,000. So that would even what I lose my house, but I have something to start a new life somewhere. That's the, I think that's, that's critical. So it was a great victory for us. So now, bringing the class action now uh, of 60 billion, we are saying those new people before the new law, you know, from 1994 until the 22nd of, of, of December 2017, they are not going to benefit under the new rules. So therefore, we are saying from 1994 until prior to the new rules, we are inviting those people to come forward. This is their case against the major bank. Because we have said that good uh, This is a daylight robbery against our people. So uh, it is along those lines, you know. But I think people are missing the point. Because people are looking at the 60 billion as a primary objective of this campaign. Mm. It's not the primary objective uh, at the 60 billion. It's secondary. What is important to us, what is primary, is to transform the justice and the financial sector. Yeah. Because there are a lot of things that are, are incorrect, you know, uh, are in bad practice. 
are done by financial sector itself. And our judicial system, our justice system are in pocket of the banks. You see, they are extension of the banks. So that therefore, we are aware because we are fighting a big fish, the legal system and also the financial sector itself. So ourselves, the victory for ourselves is to transform the justice itself to make better men. Money, we can have the money and eat it, but the money is not the legacy. Here is about the legacy. I think that's our intention, or that's our people. One question it's taken Mr. Sibi as much as that, because so much is the passion behind him. He has been fighting this cause and case for years, and it's about high time then. Perhaps we have an uncomfortable decision about injustice, injustice. According to a recent report, the country's major banks are heading for a showdown with the hundreds of aggrieved customers who have filed an application in the Gauteng High Court seeking certification of a 60 billion rand class action claiming their homes were unjustly sold in execution, in some instances for as little as 10% of their market value. Utata King Sibiya has, of course, made reference and mention of the Rule 46A. And as soon as my computer... Oh, gosh. Would you believe it? My screen has just disappeared on me because... There we go. Let me just quickly explain what that Rule 46A thing is, just so that we can locate some of the listeners who might be lost in this. I was also lost until I did a quick Google search in the time that he was speaking. I'm going to just read a couple of paragraphs just to try and understand where we are, and I'll explain it. The execution process of the home, of course, is governed by Rules 45, 46, and 46A of the Rules of Court. Rule 45.3 requires that... Whenever a sheriff is commanded by any process of court to raise the sum of money upon the goods of any person, the sheriff must first proceed to the dwelling or place of employment of the offending person and demand satisfaction of the writ. And failing satisfaction, the sheriff must demand that so much movable and disposable property be pointed out as the sheriff may deem sufficient to satisfy the writ, in other words, the amount of money that that particular writ of execution requires. And failing such pointing out by the person who's offending, so to speak, the sheriff shall then search for such property. According to Rule 46.1, a writ of execution against the immovable property of any judgment debtor must only be issued if, in other words, immovable property can only be attached, so to speak, if a return has been made of any process issued against the movable property of the judgment debtor from which it appears that the judgment debtor has insufficient movable property to satisfy the writ or such immovable property has been declared to be specifically executable by the court. In other words, the house cannot be the first port of call or the first item to attach. If, say, the arrears or the capital amount that is outstanding is, say, 10,000 rand for argument's sake, they can't go to the house before trying to get the items inside the house. Say you've got Sony PlayStation or an expensive HD television or even a vehicle. They must first take those items because the sanctity of the home, something that Asibia is going to talk about at length, is seen more important in the application of the Rule 46A particularly. Only in instances where there is not enough 
of those immovables may then there be an attachment for the property. And again, only if there is insufficient immovable property and such immovable property has been declared to be specifically executable by the court. So in other words, the court has to be satisfied that indeed we can proceed to attach the property. And that is important because it takes away essentially that a house can be sold for 10 rand, for 100 bucks, even for a 1,000 rand, because you can, as Dada has said, easily raise that amount that is being claimed or sought after the by the bank without losing the sanctity of a home. And in many instances when this happens, it's a primary home. 2025, if we do have any calls for people who have experience in this, if we have any persons who have a view on this, if you are a sheriff, for goodness sake, please do give us a call because you're the one person who has a lot of influence on this. I understand we do have a call. 2026, our time for the first call is on now. Let's go to Mike in Newlands. Yeah, hi, good evening, Sangeta, and uh, thanks for taking my call. Can you hear me? Indeed, indeed. Fantastic. Yeah, look, great. I'm no expert in this matter, but I I am just fascinated by this conversation and I'm struggling to accept the fact that the banks are as bad as they are painted by your guest. Uh, At the end of the day, this is a business arrangement that people enter into and they are bound by the agreement that they sign. So if they don't pay their bond or meet their obligations financially to the institution, the institutions are quite entitled to take their back their house or whatever it is. I mean, I worked under the same basis when I bought my first, second and third house and I fully respect those uh, those conditions. So, uh, yeah, banks are not in the business of being nice to people. Uh, if you can't pay your bond, then unfortunately you've got to look elsewhere, but it's, it's just another financial institution that also needs to make a living like everybody else. I would also like to ask is where's the inputs and guess so from somebody from the bank side because your guest is also bothering me a bit about the rich and the poor and the, you know that kind of uh, ideological argument doesn't really carry much weight with me. So I'd like to have known where, you know, some uh, something I can learn from. So, yeah, somebody from the banks would have been really nice. And, uh, yeah, and why, would, why on earth, and that's my third and final point, is why on earth would a bank repossess somebody's house uh, and let's say the guy owns uh, 50,000 rand on the house, the house is worth... 100,000 rand and sell it for 100 rand. That doesn't make any sense because the bank would want to realize as much capital as is possible for the house because that means the person that paying the bond who can't pay the bond would owe the bank even less and therefore it would reduce their risk. Mm. Stay on the line, stay on the line, stay on the line. I've got to respond to you, to you. There was a conversation I once had on this platform and somebody who had worked in these institutions, financial lending institutions, had said this. His name is Ngonde in Port Elizabeth. I'd love for Babu Togu to call. I was actually inquiring about his whereabouts earlier this evening. By the time something like this happens, be very sure, Mike, the banks have made their money. The banks, sure, they would like to make more money. But at the point at which oftentimes this happens, such that they are prepared to make a hundred rand out of this property, they are not after the money. They are after the black and white. We had a contract. You have dishonored it. We will show you. It's an ego thing. That's number one. The banks are not going to lose any money from any transaction. That you can be sure of. That's number one. Number two, many people would love to be in your position where you can buy a first, a second, and a third house. Many South Africans are not in that position. You are in the minority in the truest sense of privilege. You are not expected to understand what this is all about. 
because you don't have those kinds of problems. When Tadusibia says there's an injustice within the justice system, he's not expecting you to understand. In fact, that's what he expects from people who don't understand the plight of the majority of South Africans who do not have the kinds of means that you do. That's why this application has taken as much as it has and is worth as much as it is. And in his words, without taking anything away from him, and he will reply, it's not about the money. It is changing the system that is devoid of humanity, that is devoid of dignity, that is devoid of just good old common sense that says I can lose a house that will be sold on the auction market for a hundred rand. And if the bank really was interested in that 100 rand, all it needed to be said was give us a hundred rand. That does not at all take away from the fact that there has been to some extent a breach of the contract but the law also has to be reasonable in an application and the penal measures and or remedies have to be appropriate it's no point you doing something which you might consider as menial or effectively negligible and be punished as though you've committed a capital crime that is what this conversation is about not whether or not the law is this way because sometimes and it is true the law is and can be an ass uh, can I comment on that? Please. Yes, Thank uh, you, Sagesa. Yes, absolutely. Well, I certainly disagree with on the ego thing. I don't banks have, don't have time to practice or worry about egos. It's a business, and uh, y- you know, don't tell me that a bank goes around saying, "Well, I'm going to prove that I'm bigger and stronger than you." They banks do. That's why they sell homes for a hundred rand. They do. They spend more money chasing that hundred rand. They do. Oh, they will instruct lawyers. They'll call you as many times. They'll send you all out those emails. They'll send the sheriff out there who has sheriff's fees, and they will get out of all of that after spending all of that much money. They'll get a hundred rand out of it. So best believe it is an ego thing. You don't have to relate with it because you've never been in that problem. But it doesn't say the problem itself does not exist. Yeah. No, you're right. I've never been in that problem. You're absolutely right. I still don't agree with you. But also, if I can just comment on the minority thing, I really totally disagree with that. I don't know where I come in the minority. When I when I got involved in business, so the first my first job was a driver. I started off as a driver in a laundry business, and I ended up owning the business. I worked for five years without any leave. I didn't get any. No, my Mike. Sorry, sorry, sorry. And now I don't come from. I'm not dismissing how you understand that. No, I'm not dismissing how you've worked hard. I'm saying you're in a minority of people who can comfortably say they've brought their first property, their second property, and their third property. You go to anywhere and get a figure. How many South African men or women or families can say they've got three homes? You'd be very hard-pressed to find that you belong in the majority of cases with those people. And that's why I said you're minority. It's got nothing to do with anything else other than the fact that you belong in a very privileged percentile of people who are a minority in the context of this conversation. That's what I said. If you've got anything pressing to say, please do so. Otherwise, I have to go, and I'm going to give you a yeah, no, I will just quickly say one thing. Yeah, I know it's not, a, it's not a privilege that I have. It's, it's something that I worked and focused on. I sacrificed a lot of things like fancy cars and a fancy lifestyle so I could own three properties. A lot of people don't want to do that. That's their choice. But they mustn't uh, you know, look back at me and say that I'm privileged. I'm certainly not. It was a choice I made to be poor for a long time so I could own three properties. Just Thanks as you choose to be off. ignorant of the point that I've raised, but I appreciate nonetheless for giving us a call. Let's take more calls. Eddie Edenvale. Anonymous in KZN after that. Eddie. 
Nice and gather. Thanks very much for bringing up this very important show. I'm actually dumbfounded at Mike from Newlands. This must be one of the most stupidest things he's ever said. Even more stupid than saying America is not a racist country. I mean, uh, what I'm surprised is, Sengeza, that, that this hasn't been challenged, that this immorality of the banks hasn't been challenged long ago. Because although Mike not know about this, it's been going on for years. Well publicized that they sold houses as a guy for, for 10 rand on with no reserve value whatsoever. It's not only immoral, it's criminal. It's capitalism at, at its greedy worst. And, uh, you know, I just don't understand why, why it's taken so long. Then, on top of it, the poor guy, he's lost his home, he, 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 the, the, the most basic possession that, that, that to put a roof over his family, uh, family uh, a roof over their heads then he's lost all he's lost that house and the banks still expect him to pay for the rest of his life the balance out it, it, it's totally un- unbelievable and it goes against you know the banks all their lofty uh, uh, you know the promises that they put out you know we are here for you and that they're not here for you, and Mike goes on and on that ignores him about how bad our government is. Well, have a look at private enterprise sometimes, Mike. Thanks for listening, Sengeza. Great show. Thank you very much, Eddie in Edenville. Anonymous in KZN. Good evening to you, uh, Sengeza, and your guests there. Very beautiful uh, uh, what your guest is doing is to change the system. Because I've known many people, I used to work in a welfare, and many people used to come for assistance because the bank want to attach their homes. Because some of the people had made the biggest blunder is when they received a council-built home, they decided to take a bond, and uh, there was no need to take a bond. So they took a bond because they wanted to freehold the house so they could lease it out or they could, uh, you know, renovate or whatever. And uh, they have lost their homes because they lost their jobs or uh, they, uh, they have no financial uh, support from anyone. So they had to uh, do what they ha- uh, the banks attached their homes, sold it for next to nothing, and they have lost out. So in this procedure, it would be very nice that they sell it at the market value, the, uh, the cost of the house, and then at least the person will start off with something. He won't be high and dry and start off from the ground all over again. Fantastic. Thank you so Thank much. You. Much appreciate for your passion there, as always. Anonymous in KZN. I hope I pronounced the name right. Siatile in the Free State. Hi, hi, Sengiz. Indeed. You know, this is, this is the biggest lawsuit for, for the people of South Africa, especially the, middle, the so-called middle class. You know, the, what Ndate uh, there is doing, it's it's amazing job. I think all of us, we should really behind that, even if we have to control the damn rant or win the rant. You know, to support this lawsuit because at the end of the day, I have not bought my 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 house, but this could affect me in the long run. So if it is prevented now, then later on, I know that I'll, I'll, my my future is secured in terms of uh, uh, home ownership. So I, I think that they, if they would, as long as give you their banking details, even if I contribute out of my salary a fifty rand mm. towards this lawsuit, so that they, we can make sure that this see. In, in, in court and it's deliberated in court so that we can learn you know in court the banks will have to come and 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 prove everything then we'll learn 
for the future and the future of our kids. Thank you. Thank you so much, Baba Siatile. Let me just read this before Ndata King Sibia replies. This is an article titled Evidence that Banks Sell Repossessed Houses for Cents in the Rand. It's an article penned by Kieran Ryan on 18 Jan 2021. So it was last week this time. Responding in part to what Mike was referring to, the voice of the banks being absent in this conversation. Open quote. The evidence shows dozens of properties were sold for less than 1% of their market value. Of the 200 worst cases, all were sold for less than 17 and a half of their market value. The banks, as at the time of writing of the article, had yet to file their replies to the case, the case in discussion now. In this case, the lending bank was FNB. Standard Bank and NetBank also had several properties selling at auction for a thousand rand when the market value was some 200 to 440,000 rand. For APSA, there was no comparable data. Data King Sibia, you've listened to some of the thoughts, but you can be very sure that Mike represents a sizable community who think that way, completely devoid of the realities of the South African market, and as many as either of Eddie, anonymous in KZN, or Siad Dile, who understand the realities of middle-class South Africans. Final comment from you, please. Yeah, just shortly, uh, uh, One is that I want to just to say, People are missing the point here. Mm-hmm. We are not against eviction or repossession of property, but we are saying the manner these, proper, these processes have been adhered to is unconstitutional. I think that's the first thing. You see, the, the second issue, I think the issue of, uh, you know, uh, market value, it, it's, it's striking a balance because the bank are going to get their own money. And then the person that loses the money is also going to go to get something. So don't you think that is striking the balance? Like currently now, what is happening? The, the agreement or the contract is one-sided. Because if the house is not belongs to you, it belongs to the bank until you complete your bond. I think that is clear. But I think at the same time, that's one aspect. Because I'm still going there. Because I've been looking for somebody who came up with this 20th contract. What is the method and what is techniques that were used to determine the 20th contract? Not even a single person has answered me until today. You know, and, uh, but I want to say, this is how I want to close by saying this mm. uh, song. Uh, first thing, uh, there are people here who spoke about supporting this case. I think that is very interesting. Uh, now, the support that what we need now. Uh, you must look at this juncture now. We don't have even support from the government. We are not having any funding from anywhere. We are doing this thing on our own because this is our passion for our own. So, okay, therefore, there are three categories people who want to support this. Firstly, there are people that the organization, like, is choosing, like, you know, lawyers, you know, like university, who can be uh, friends of court. Amiki Kiriai. Yes. You have a right to be have amicus curious. Why you don't have a problem, but you might, your members, for instance, like unions, because people who are suffering this are working class, you know, more than anybody. So okay, this is what, that's where the union was supposed to come up strongly and have, you know, amicus curious. The second part is that, Guti, those people who are not being affected by this class action, but they have a right to support the class action. Dr. King... 
let, let me do this in Dadesibia because we've got a lot of calls coming through. And unfortunately, because the issue is as deep and as emotive and as fundamental as it is, I propose that we've one, take a break now. The lines are flashing. I don't know where the people have been all along, but I appreciate that. Thanks to you, Mike. Here's what I propose to do. Let's take an ad break now. After the break, we're going to take all the calls that are coming through, and Lesejo is on top of that. Unfortunately, and please indulge me, back a buddy, facilitating giving from the heart, a conversation that was scheduled for 2030 with Miss, Miss Justine Bergen. We're going to have to move it somehow. We're going to have to make a plan. I beg your pardon for that. Thick Goddess Executive Models Training Academy with Miss Tricia Marumo as well as Miss Nelly. Similarly so, we should be having this conversation in the next four minutes. It will not be happening. I'm not so sure what Lesejo is planning to do. But this conversation, in the light of COVID times, in the face of growing poverty and frustration and the indignity of finding oneself destitute, all because you do not have 1,000 rand to satisfy a bank writ of execution, is a conversation we absolutely cannot just cut because of time. In fact, this conversation is long overdue. After the break, we continue. Song is on on SAFM. Bank repossessed homes. Again, Dadesibia confirms this is not against the repossession of the homes. It's a question of the process that is followed and the injustice within a justice system of how some repossessions take place. Mwegezi, welcome. Good evening. Mwegezi. Let's go to Sbonello Mlazi. Good evening, Sbonello. Good evening, boss. Uh, how are you? Well, sir, how do you do? I'm good. You're speaking to a young man from Mlazi. Um, I've been studying investments and these bond things. And I can tell you, there's two sides to this. Uh, we people don't want to read the contract. These policies that are put there are, a, are exactly when you take out the bond. And then the other part is where the bank doesn't make you conscious of understanding what is going to happen before it happens. They just make you wait till it gets there. And then you feel that injustice. Interesting thoughts, Bonello. And that's part of the problem. Knowing what's going to happen, being silent... And literally, when it's almost too late for the defaulter to do anything about it, then there's that challenge. Let's move on. Muketi, understand, is back. Muketi, in welcome. Oh, we. Hello, Sengezo. Muketi, come on. How's it? Yes, thank you, sir. I just to pass by the, by the comments made by Mike. I think these are some of the aspects that cause us to believe that capitalism itself is a system. It's a cruel system and it's un African. But what I want, just wanted to say is that the, the laws that we have are still not in line with the preamble of the Constitution and also the spirit of the Constitution. Mm. So most of the laws have to be reviewed and then some laws have to be rewritten and some changes have to be made to our legal system. Thank you, sir. Fundamental point. The spirit, the spirit of the Constitution, the spirit of owning a home and sure, falling in default. Where is the spirit? I think when you say spirit, you can also use the word interchangeably. Where is Ubuntu in all of this? Colin might have an answer in Cape Town. Good evening, Colin. Thanks for calling. Good evening, Zangeza. Good evening to your guest. Let's say I owe 100,000 rand to the bank. And I get to trench or I lose my uh, job or something like that. 
The bank takes the money back. They sell it for a thousand rand. I'm still liable for the ninety thousand. Now, in the first place, at Gezel, if I couldn't pay towards that hundred thousand I owed them, they repossessed my property. How the hell do they expect me to continue paying the balance of ninety thousand? Now, I would reckon the bank, if if you owe a hundred thousand. Put that house up. If you can't pay, you've got no other way of paying or nothing like that. Auction it, but at least clear the person, the bondholder, sell it for at least that value of a hundred thousand, whatever he owes the bank. Because you can't get blood out of a stone. And if if if, if a poor person can't pay his bond and they sell it for ten thousand and he still owes ninety, how the hell can the bank still expect him? to pay on that 90000 Thank you, Sengiza. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Eddie. Well, I think we've taken the last call on this particular point. We really have to get the show moving. I'll give a second bite at the cherry of last comment to Dada King Sibia. Mr. Sibia, uh, okay. are you there? Yeah, final comment, yeah, yeah, please. I'm there. No, I'm, I'm, thank you so much. But I think that, that one issue, I think what I wanted to say is that with this case for us as Illuminati, is to prove that with our justice system and the financial sector system, they need to be really, really to be looking into it. Uh, because, you know, there are people who are, who are thinking that those people are smart. Those are the people that have got money. Those people are brutal. You know, because whatever they are doing, you know, this is a daylight robbery. This is what is done by the banks. But I want to say, you know, municipality is obliged by constitution to set up a market value. This is always the question that I ask from the banks, all of the major banks. Now, uh, when there's a late estate, when there's a divorce, when there's a liquidation, which is involved properties, related to properties, the first thing what the masters want, it's a market value of the property. So why the bank now, when they're selling the property, they're selling the property less than its market value. So it's unconstitutional. It's unlawful, it's unprocedural. So it is along those lines we're touching this. Now, talking to the Constitution of the Republic of South Africa, there are a lot of avenues, which is the court. That's why I'm saying there's injustice within injustice. Because people were supposed to be given an alternative accommodation in terms of the Constitution. Secondly, there are good sections in terms of the law. There is section 66, 1A, which speaks about the judicial oversight. It means the court itself, they must look at the eviction, it must be the last resort. Attempt must be made before the eviction can take place. You know, my critical question is, I think to the one person who was speaking. Final comment. Yes. I'm saying to him, what is the primary? To him, is the primary, is it a profit or a primary? It's a, it's, it's, it's a necessity. Because for me, a housing, it's a necessity. You get a point. I think we need to look at those things. And the second thing, we are from the apartheid system. So, you see, now the, our system, you know, you'll find uh, people that are going to bank. For instance, now the president says on this disaster uh, relief fund, the president says people must go to bank and arrange with the banks. You know, for me, this is not the right direction. Because when people go to the bank, we are going to those people who are going to eat your house. 
You, you see, because there's a syndicate within the state agents and the people who are working inside in the bank. They call it a stock. You know, they say these are the houses that I will go and auction, go and visit and inspect those houses. You, you, uh, that's how the, 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 the business goes to. So uh, that's for it. It is important. I think now it's enough is enough. Uh, I think the bank has been ripped off us for quite some time. I think now you need to stand up on our own. Fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Mr. Kinsey. Thanks to everybody who participated in this conversation. Thoroughly appreciate your thoughts. Let's take a very, very short head break before we go to Ms. Justine Bergen, Head of Communities at Backup Buddy, facilitating giving from the heart. Conversation with Backup Buddy.